Hello and welcome to What About The Music, a podcast brought to you by So Stereo. Today's guests are two award-winning creative directors, Shannon Murphy and Brian Barnes. They're currently at Adam and Eve in New York and have worked with brands like JetBlue, Volkswagen, P&G, Molson Coors and Mountain Dew. Brian's originally from Texas and Shannon's from Southern California. So let's tune in now to their podcast with your host, Beto Azut. Nice to have you on, Shannon and Brian. Thank you for the time. Good to be here. Thank you for having us. This is going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be very fun. Obviously, you two have had a lot of experience and have worked on amazing campaigns over the years. So we'd love to know more about how you got started in the world of advertising. How did you two meet also? And uh, what is your day-to-day now like at uh, Adam and Eve? Yeah, I'll, I'll go. Um, how did I get started into advertising? Um, well, I'm an art director, so I feel like I'm going to have a similar answer as many other art directors, but maybe I'll be wrong. Um, I'm from Texas, and I was a draw. I was very much into art and drawing and painting and things like that, and I uh, found the best like public art and music school in Texas, University of North Texas. I went there and was first majoring in drawing and painting and then just realized kind of first semester that I was like, oh, maybe I want to do something else, (laughs) Um, you know, something that maybe will, you know, be more financially stable and um, like not freak my parents out. You know, they were like, what are you going to, what are you going to do with this? so yeah, so then I learned I learned about communication design and you know graphic design and I had never been on a Mac until like halfway through my freshman year in college and just like learned it like crazy and then I just don't think I don't think I slept for the next four years and somehow I ended up like changing majors three times and graduating with a degree in communication design and advertising and had like a really great portfolio graduated like somehow top top portfolio in my class which was which was cool but i fell in love with the idea of like being able to like you get a brief from a brand and being able to like creative you know solve problems creatively and like i think that's the fun fun part i uh i think like i don't know the investigator in me just wants to always like fix things and solve things and advertising to me is that you know just do it do it as creatively as possible. That's a very good answer. I've heard from other art directors and I think it's different for sure. Shannon, how about you? Well, okay, so I'll start way back in in sort of childhood. In high school, I was um, really drawn to writing and um, uh, my school offered a creative writing like uh, elective. I think that's what they're called. I haven't used that word in a long time. A creative writing elective, but it was Saturday mornings from 8 a.m. to noon. And, you know, so like for a bunch of teenagers to say, like, you have to come to school on a Saturday morning at eight to take this class, like it really only attracted the people who were like legitimately interested in it. So I signed up for that and um, went every Saturday, was probably late to every class, showed up in my pajamas. It was just like me and a bunch of other girls and we just wrote and um, it was so cool. And like, I just loved it. And um, went to college initially thinking that 
Um, I wanted to work in the film industry in some capacity. I didn't know how. I was just very passionate about writing and watching movies. And I was like, I'm going to make some sort of career out of this. But I had no idea what I wanted to, to do. And graduated, went to L.A., got a job at um, Endeavor, uh, which was a talent agency at the time. I think it's called WME now, or they switched back to Endeavor. It's one of those. Worked in the film industry for about four years at like the very low level. Uh, the recession hit. All the indie movies that like I thought were really cool kind of just stopped getting made. And all the studios started sort of pouring their money into like genre films and action films. And I kind of just lost interest in it and, and also just sort of realized that like climbing the ladder was so hard and the culture was not great. And it just, I loved the product, but I didn't love the industry. So I was just trying to figure out like, where can I go where I'll be creative? And that's when I discovered advertising. So I went to portfolio school for a year, made a portfolio, got a job at YNR Chicago, and that's what I've been doing ever since. That's great. And, and obviously, we're here to talk music. And, you know, I'm just curious, like how, you know, from your early days, uh, you know, how has music kind of like affected you? And, and how have you carried music throughout your career so far um you know has it always been from day one from you guys working at an agency has it always been there present in your day-to-day -day? so for for me i think um my feelings about music i guess the real it's for me it's like thinking carefully about the relationship between um, music and moving pictures is sort of where i I start thinking about music as it relates to my work. And like, you know, I am not a music nut at all. I actually think I, my taste in music is, I was telling Brian this yesterday, a little, little more basic. I wish I could say I was like the person who had this encyclopedic knowledge of all of these different musicians and bands, but I have just never, never like dove into music. Um, but in, in that way, so like, uh, I really appreciate music even more when it's put to a good story that I love. Like, it's amazing how a song I've heard a million times and like had sort of mixed feelings about suddenly becomes so powerful to me if I see it in a movie that I love. Like, or if I hear it a million times and I'm like, no, nah, it's an okay song, but then the music video blows my mind. I'm like, oh my God, this song just like, it just changes everything. And all of a sudden when I hear the song on its own, it has this new meaning to me um, because I sort of associate it with this deeper, more profound storytelling experience that I've had. And it's like, it's the same with movies where I like, I feel like there are so many great movies out there that we think are great because of like, you know, cinematography and performances. Usually like the score was the thing that was possibly the most moving thing about the movie. And if it had different music, it would just have been a completely different emotional experience. Like, like the one that gets me every time is like Forrest Gump. Any other soundtrack, that movie would have sucked. And it would have been a completely different movie. Like if I feel like if you took the soundtrack away from that movie, what you would be left with is like a kind of a dark, disturbing film. And it's just amazing how like if you just score something beautifully or put a happy song on a sad scene, all of a sudden you have like a completely different emotional experience. And I think that's kind of what we we experience all the time in in advertising, trying to find like the perfect song for a spot. Because if you write something 
and put the wrong music to it, the music is going to tell people how to feel. So even though we've crafted this manifesto that like, you know, we want people to feel empowered by, if we put sad piano music to it, it's going to make people feel sad. Like the song has to be perfect. And it's always sort of a needle in the haystack exercise of finding that perfect song. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my, my thought about music. And just, just to piggyback on what you said, like, even if you're not like a music expert and know about the history of music or like, even if you're not a music nerd, this doesn't matter because like everyone has a role to play, I believe. And like, everyone has a gut feeling and can really feel what they need to feel when they see a song in picture. Right. And so like you go by that gut feeling. Right. And so that's why I believe that everyone in an advertising agency or in a brand has a role to play with music whether you are, and I say it endlessly, but whether you are a creative director or you are a receptionist or you are a CMO or you are, you know, whatever your role is, you're always having conversations about music and the way you talk with your coworkers internally, just it affects uh, the creative decision-making, right? Because it's so subjective, right? What do you think, Brian? Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. I mean, like music is really subjective and it's such a huge part of culture. I think, I think the way that like, just to take a step back, I think, because um, you're like, what's your experience been with music in the agency world? And like traditionally, creatives are trained art copy. And like, there's no like third team member that is music. <laughs> and it's almost like there should be, because um, I think traditionally, like a lot of teams, a lot of creatives are like really honed in on their craft. And then we forget, we forget about music. And sometimes we don't, but, um, you know, I think a lot of times we do. And, um, you know, perhaps like if we already know off the bat, there's a big budget, maybe that changes it. And then we start thinking of like tracks ahead of time. But um, anyway, so I think I think that's something that like just needs to change. And also just something, you know, as as I've grown as a creative, like it's something that I think about immediately when we start just concepting ideas and, and just it's like, oh, it's not just about like, who's going to shoot this, what's the visual tone, or what's the, um, you know, the, the dialogue tone, or like, are we doing comedy? Are we making something dramatic? It's like, also like, what type of music, like, do we want? And, and, and will that drive how people feel? Um, that's one thing. And then also just like, as Shana was saying, like, you know, sometimes we like make creative and then we'll think about what track to put at the end. And so that's another thing. It's like, maybe we should start the other way around or maybe music should be in the brief, you know, maybe we should know what type of music our target audience likes. Like, I just think like there's ways to like seed music uh, into other parts of just like how we learn and how we get briefed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Shannon was like what, what you said, Shannon also like going into what Brian said also like, you know, when you see a song that you like in picture, it just changes the whole thing. And that's when something like brand recall starts to get in. Like there's actually studies that say that like we're twice as likely to keep remembering that video that we saw uh, if we like the music. Right. Uh, and remember the brand and maybe watch it later. Uh, so like it really gets, you know, to you. Right. It, it, it just gets an emotion that you just never feel if you see something without music, right? So the music has a lot of power. Um, and so brand recall contributing to culture. And I mean, you two have done that numerous times throughout your career, you know, and, and a lot of times like, you know, we have to keep remembering ourselves of that power that music can provide. And I mean, with Blue Moon, uh, you know, you did that, Shannon, uh, that cover 
of that Blondie song, right? You know, I think I think Heart of Glass is just an amazing song in general, and you know, bringing it back to life in that campaign was amazing. So, can you can you talk to us about how that project came to be? What inspired you? How how did that start? So we we can talk about that project, but what you just said kind of made me think of other camp- campaigns I've been working on. That um, yeah, I also want to talk about too. So anyway, but starting with Blue Moon. Um, I kind of inherited this project from a creative team um, that used to be at Adam and Eve, um, Jess and Martin. And their concept for Blue Moon was that every pint glass of Blue Moon is like a work of art. So we were producing this campaign and it came time to think about music and nobody had thought about music. So the team um, that was working, uh, doing the working team on it, um, Chris and Simone, uh, we're trying to figure out like what's the perfect song for this. Um, oh, so we worked with Duotone, a great music house. We loved working with them on sort of trying to figure out like what we want a track that's recognizable, but we want to put our own spin on it. So one of the tracks at the music house that Duotone came back with was Heart of Glass, and it was just like I've never thought of the, about that in the context of like the pint of beer, like a glass of beer. But um, and that song is such a beautiful work of art. What if we do kind of a, a cover on it? So we went back and forth, you know, between to the sort of typical dance of like, you know, we like something and then the client wants something slightly different. And then the music house has, you know, composers that come up with different ideas. So it's just like a big conversation, you know, between all of these different parties of, of what's the perfect cover for that song. And I liked the version we ended up with, but I have to say, like, I feel like I, and this happens to me every time like on every project, basically. And I kind of hate to admit it, but it's true. I feel like because I don't have a great vocabulary of like music terms and music terminology, and because I feel like my knowledge of instrumentation and like pitch and melody is relatively superficial, I sometimes find I have a hard time articulating what needs to change or like you know, like when I'm analyzing copy or something, I'm like, you know, less fewer adverbs or like, you know, the cadence is off or like try some alliteration. Like I have like a vocabulary for that, but for music, I'm like, you know, make it sound happier. Something like, I just, I feel like I, I, I don't have the right, the knowledge to kind of articulate what exactly the art needs to be, to be better. And I, like I said, I'm, I loved the cover that that Duotone came back with, but I think that it could have been even better if I knew how to be a better partner, or we knew how to be a better partner as an agency to them, but we didn't really have anybody on the team that that had sort of like the type of, of knowledge that we needed to really like make that song kind of like really nail the brief. Again, we had great partners. It was just, I feel like we, if we had a person in-house that could have helped translate what the creatives needed to like what the music house could do. It would have been even better. But I also want to talk about, sorry, you brought up, you know, brands being in culture and using music to be in culture. I used to work on nationwide at Ogilvy and they're of course really famous because they have a jingle that's like an earworm. <laughs> and I think, um, you know, sort of one way that brands, I think, have have gotten into people's heads is like you put your tagline to music and all of a sudden nobody can forget it for better or for worse. Um, and it's, it's interesting how like music makes things sticky. If you put something to like a simple melody or 
you know, I, I wonder what like the psychology behind that is, but um, I, I think all creatives have extremely mixed feelings about jingles. It just gets so cheesy <laughs> so fast, but it's effective. Yeah. I mean, brand recall. And I think, I mean, maybe you're being a little bit too hard on yourself. I mean, I, I think it was great. That's the beauty of having coworkers, right? I'm sure you talk to, to Brian a lot about music. And, and if, if, if you have like certain terminology or vocabulary, you want to express yourself, maybe you never know, you take a break and then all of a sudden, Oh, you get it after, or like, or Brian can help out here. That That's the beauty of teamwork. Right. Right. It's more like if you have a, a melody in your head and you're like, I want it to sound like this and just not being able to describe what you're hearing in your head. It's like, that's, I think when for me, it becomes really difficult. Like I know if I had a better knowledge of music, I could say like this specific type of instrumentation and this type of melody and this type of beat. But like, that's kind of where I, I get tripped up. Like, it's not like I'm ever unhappy with the results, but yeah. That can happen to anyone, by the way, music experts or not, like everyone has that sometimes. Right, Brian? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, we, um, you know, like we've worked with like composers and I've been having, you know, I'm like Shannon, like the same conversation. I can't speak music terminology. And, um, and then, you know, so we'll say something and then suddenly like that composer just literally starts singing a beat, you know, and they're like, is it this? And we're like, okay, maybe, yeah, that could be something, you know, and so it's almost like we sound like sometimes like really bad clients, like, oh, there's a button for that. We just don't know. Um, I, I find that editors are like, you know, really helpful. Um, and obviously if you're an editor, you know music so well, but um, I find like when we're working, you know, when we're in the edits, edit suite, the editor is really helpful, um, you know, plays a huge role um, with music, obviously the director too. We all do it together. I think like a lot of vendors are also like, call it music houses, uh, call it, you know, music libraries. Uh, there's a lot of great people in, in the vendor side, like even if there's a job, right? And you just call someone for advice or feedback, they'll give it to you for free, right? Because it's like, it's a very collaborative space, right? And so a lot of people are, they just want to help because they want a better the industry as a whole and and so like that's kind of like how we do it a lot of times a lot of creatives or producers you know call me out and say hey by the way I'm, i might start working on something like this what do you think about this even if there's not a project that we're going to work together just because like the fact of collaborating and just making sure that everyone is is kind of like aligned on things and, and just helping out right so i think there's a lot of of that uh with a lot of the companies out there for sure I know, I know you, you worked in some PNG stuff that was, that was very good. Uh, the campaign was called The Talk. You worked with Pulse Music on that one. Can you talk about how that came to be, how that started? Yeah, that was a big project and um, just a really meaningful, very complicated, sensitive project to work on. That brief and assignment came about like right after basically Trump got elected. Um, I don't want to get too political. Um, as it's like obviously still a business, but um, you know, basically like hate was just like reignited, you know, Charlottesville was happening. It was just like, you know, just, and that was many years ago. And obviously we've, we've like really made um, a lot of headway since then. But it, even at that time, like brands were still very like wary of saying things like Black Lives Matter and things like that. Like they weren't doing that, you know, in 2000. 17. Um, but um, Mark Pritchard, who's the CMO, 
I believe, or CEO of PNG, basically came to BBDO and said, listen, we got to do something. Um, we got to make a point here about what's going on and kind of like this reignition of, of hate and bias against people of color in the, in the U.S. So it came to BBDO um, and just said, what, what, do you, what do you recommend? And, you know, you don't have to use any products. We're the, we're the world's largest advertiser. We want to give you some money to tell a story, to make people feel something and learn something and, and create dialogue about, you know, just different perspectives, um, like specifically between, you know, people of color and white people so they can have some empathy. Um, and so at that time, my creative partner was uh, Nadal Ahmed. She's in Tokyo these days working at Widen. You know, we met in Texas and in school. We worked at an agency in Texas. We moved up to New York together and we got put on that assignment. Um, and, you know, even at like that time, there really wasn't like, the, the agency wasn't very diverse. So, it's, you know, it was like Nadal had so much pressure on her, um, you know, to nail it. Um, as, as being one of the few people of color on that project. And, you know, I'm obviously white. Um, so we just had like a lot of dialogue back and forth, just coming up with a concept and coming up like with like, what's the best way to tell this story. Um, and we were just talking about like being raised as kids, like, oh, you know, like a lot of kids had the talk with their parents. It's like, oh, it's about the birds and the bees. And it's like, oh no, there's a whole other talk that you know, a whole group of community like has to have that's unfair and, and just uh, really hard. So we were like, let's bring that to life and show it through the generations and show how it hasn't changed. And, you know, there's still that talk going on today. Um, yeah, and so like, that was the concept. We, we found a great director, you know, it was beautiful. Uh, we had, you know, like people crying on set, <laughs> um, you know, it just it was very intense. And then, um, you know, we were thinking about music the whole time and just being like, how can we make this, first of all, this film very, you know, feel very authentic, um, obviously like emotional, make people feel. And a piece like that, it's very particular. Like, so we made a custom score with Pulse um, and it's just, you know, there's beats you want to hit where people just like things sink in further. Like, you know, there's a moment where it's like, this mother is telling, you know, her daughter to keep her hands on the wheel. She gets pulled over. It's such an intense, you know, thing to be saying. And like the music just cuts out, you know? And so there's times where it's like, you build this great score and then you just cut it out and, and you know, and it just stops people in their tracks. So did you always knew that you wanted to do something custom from the get go? Like, cause like sometimes like what you're working on a spot, uh, like there's so many options. You can you can go custom music. You can build something from scratch. You can go with a recognizable song. You can go with an independent artist, or you can just go with a production library. Like there's so many options. So like, how do you approach that from the beginning? What makes you decide like what route to go? From the beginning, it's uh, very messy and chaotic at the beginning. I feel like um, with that project, I think we knew from the beginning it had to be custom because we couldn't just put something on it and be you know and. You, you, yeah, you'll get the general vibe, but we wanted to like score to like every emotion and every expression and we wanted it to be exact. Whereas if you get something from a library, you can, you can sure you can cut it up and things like that. It just, um, I don't know, we wanted to make it as, as perfect as possible. And we also didn't, you know, if you put the wrong piece of music to it, like the, 
feels too that swells too big that feels too dramatic it feels inauthentic as well so yeah with that one we definitely knew from the get-go we have to make a, a custom score if you would give yourself shannon from seven years ago ten years ago brian from ten years ago advice in terms of how to best approach music like what advice would you give yourself uh or aspiring creatives in in the ad world what what advice would you give us to how best to approach music i listen to music all the time i'm i'm listening to music when i'm working i'm listening to music when i'm doing laundry in the basement i think it's just like stay organized and 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 save facts that you like because um you know we work in this like crazy fast-paced industry where like i don't know don draper would have three weeks to make one print ad and we have uh you know seven hours to figure out you know, Shannon and I are having a presentation later today that like we need, need to search for some music for. Um, and it's like, oh, I know what I want, but I forget what it was called or I forget where I watched it or I, I don't know where I put it. Um, so just stay organized, you know, whether it's like you have like the most organized Spotify library of music or um, you save things in, in the collection part of your Instagram, um, which I do. Um, or you screen, you know, screenshot TikToks, whatever it is. Just stay, stay organized. I think that's maybe the best thing um, that would help me. That's a good one for sure. What about you, Shannon? For me, I think it's start start early. Start as early as possible. I think Brian's point about starting to think about music just for, uh, from the briefing stage, or just even sound design, or just like what does it sound like? What what are the noises? <laughs> um, that's brilliant. Start as early as possible, and if you're like me and you have like insecurities about your music knowledge, just ask around. Like just I think um, just as long as you start talking about it, thinking about it, and then also I think. Um, just so, so advice for my younger self that I guess that would be it, but advice for agencies um, and creative departments, I think um, also just design your departments so that there are music experts in house or consultants that you lean on often. Like Brian and I were talking yesterday about, um, you know, agencies we've worked for when I was at, at Ogilvy um, several years ago, there was an in-house music kind of expert who I think his name was Carl. I can't remember what his last name is, but he's like, he's been there for years and he um, helped on pitches, sizzle reels, you know, any kind of video we would make because sometimes we would put our manifestos to music when we're trying to win business. It's not like it's just, it's not like the only time we ever think about music is when we're producing ads. Like we talk about music all the time. We like, a music, a, a great track to like a great mood film can help you win new business. It's just something that you always have to think about. So I think like having music experts in-house as part of an in-house production team or just part of their own department within the agency is like a very smart investment because relying on people's knowledge is great, but then you've got to think about like everybody's got their own tastes. It's very much based on personal tastes and not sort of like a broad understanding of every different type of beat and sound and feeling that's out there. So yeah, so I would say just to agencies advice, if you have the, the ability to invest in like an in-house music expert or in-house music team, um, it's definitely worth, I think, worth the investment. 
Yeah. No, that's that's great advice for sure. Like we at Soul like we unlock the marketing power of music. We want to be, that's why we created the podcast, right? To just make music more important in advertising and have these conversations and always like offering to help, right? Because I think, you know, like our goal is to just make music more important in general, right? Uh, and, and help artists grow. So just by having these conversations, you know, it really makes a big difference. So, I mean, thank you, you two so much for coming on. This has been amazing. Definitely enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for helping us make music more important. Uh, I think you've, you've given us great feedback. So thank you so much for the time. This is wonderful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much.